Today, we discuss Iceland and how the overwhelming cat population is taking out all the people. One could say it's a real catastrophe. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Poncho section. I'm Michael Camphor with co-host Ethan Felstein, and today we talk about the music industry, and we're going to tell them how to fix their problems. Do you listen to music at work? Yeah, at all, all the time. Yeah. So, do, are you a Spotify guy, or what's what's your thing? I'm typically a Spotify guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me as well. I, I go. I, I tried. So my thing for a while was I was gonna listen to podcasts when I was on the train. Okay. Going to work because that passes the time, and then once I get to work, I'll put on Spotify, maybe something a little calmer okay. to get me in the mood. Or, or uh, it's you see, it depends on my mood. If I'm in really shitty mood mm-hmm. and I'm really stressed out, then I'll put on. I'll go to YouTube and I'll just look. I'll I'll literally type in calming music. Music, okay. And then whatever pops up, it'll be like something called like Zen Garden or something that'll put me in like a nice like calm mood. But what's interesting is that I pay for Spotify. I right. pay uh, $9.99 a month. Okay. Yet I still find myself going to YouTube <laughs> because YouTube is just easier because you can just look up anything you want and it's so instant. And yeah. then you'll get into kind of like this wormhole and you'll go and you'll find other things, other videos related, live videos mm-hmm. or something. Well, yeah. That's the other thing with like YouTube where uh, as a opposed to Spotify where you're able to get like covers or remixes or the live versions of certain songs that yeah. you wouldn't be able to find on uh, on Spotify or even Pandora. Right. And, and I find myself especially late at night when I'm listening to like, I'll listen to a song and then I say, I want to watch live videos of this mm-hmm. band. And then I then I go down the YouTube wormhole. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like with most people, that seems to be the way things are moving is that people are going to YouTube. And I know a lot of people like myself who also use Spotify and they mm-hmm. pay, or they'll pay for Spotify or they'll, or they'll use the free version and listen to ads if you're one of those crazy people. That's me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so even even so, but it's, it's like, I think it's the only reason I have it. It's like this paranoia because I don't have too much downloaded on my Spotify at a time because of right. how much space it takes up on my phone. Okay. But I'm just paranoid when I'm, if I'm out and about somewhere, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to have my music or something. Sure. So... That's really the only reason why I pay for Spotify. I need to have like I need to have something downloaded on my okay. phone. And when I think about it, I could probably just have iTunes that mm-hmm. in that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that I would definitely say that I I prefer with Spotify over YouTube is if I want to let's say hear an entire album mm-hmm. from a band. I mean, sometimes on YouTube you can find an entire album that's been uploaded, but sometimes it's you don't maybe you don't know every single song that's on an album. So you, if you're doing the individual videos you might be missing a song. With Mm -hmm. Spotify, you just click play and it'll play every single song on an album. Right. And I I find that I'm typically one of those people that I want to hear the whole album. Me too. I know a lot of people, the single people, and they would just listen to the singles and that's it. Yeah. They didn't want to listen to the whole album. But I, I'm I'm one of those old school people. I like listening to the whole album. So that, that I would say I do like about Spotify along with the whole uh, related acts. So that's how I found it, find out a lot of me- new music. Right. Well, we uh, we had talked about Discover Weekly. Yeah. That's a great um feature on Spotify. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Discover Weekly will compile, uh, I think it's uh, 30 songs. Um, on Something a, like that. I think yeah. so. Yeah. On, on a playlist uh, based on, I guess, what you're listening to artists you might like. And, and it's really good. And, and from that, I actually, I create another playlist oh, yeah. that I just take songs from that. If I'm listening, usually I'm at work and I'll be going through my Discover Weekly. I'll just put it on and just go and be doing work and I'll hear something like, oh, this is really good. I should keep this. Yeah. So I'll add it to like that playlist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and, and so those are like good features. 
things you wouldn't have any other way. I mean, that's that's really where Spotify is winning. Yeah. In in that way. But can you think of when? What was the last album you bought? Can you remember the last album? The last uh, physical album you bought? Physical. Oh, yeah. Man. Physical like um, CD or if it was or if it was vinyl. With vinyl, I accidentally bought an album that I already owned because I was an idiot and didn't didn't look. Well, I was just I happened to be at like I think at a um like a fair or something like that. Maybe it was um one of the street fairs or something like that and i saw they have an an album section i was like oh i love vinyl because i'm i've got i've got a turntable i love listening to vinyl in the most unhipstery way i just i love there's something yeah the hipsters kind of took that yeah they? and they made it their These own bastards yeah it's not it's not really fair is it no but uh you know I, I like listening to albums on vinyl but i accidentally bought again a uh crosby sills and nash album Mm-hmm. And I already own that one, but oh yeah, I would say that's that's probably the last. I think I also bought a Jethro Tull album at the same time when okay. I bought that. So at least I got one new album. Yeah. I think it was uh, Thick as a Brick. Okay. But yeah, besides that, it's been a little while since I bought a, an a physical album. There are definitely I would say there's a few. Every so often, I will buy a digital album. I it, I try to oh, avoid yeah? it just because I off of iTunes. No, typically um, through like. Bandcamp or something like that. Like, oh, uh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll find like some up and coming independent band, and maybe I'll buy their album. I'll give a few if, bucks to them. If you buy it off of Bandcamp, where like, so then can you just add it to a playlist like on iTunes or how, how does that work? Yeah, so no, yeah, that. it's it's basically the equivalent of just downloading it from iTunes, where it just goes right into it goes into your iTunes so that you can play it through through that medium. Okay, but um, yeah, for the most part, I would say I just typically listen i I stream the music yeah it's it's kind of weird but it's in a way it's sad but also makes more sense i mean in the same way that's kind of how that's how movies and tv have gone as well like i haven't bought a movie in the longest time Mm -hmm. so that's the same or or rented or well no one's rented unless you go to i guess a red box or something right but i don't know anyone who does that so um yeah yeah i think we're getting we're getting to the the, i guess the point of of this week's topic and i guess i'm just curious what are your thoughts on the whole music streaming kind of industry or at least the music industry with its focus on on streaming right now because if i had to pick something i don't know if i would say love hate relationship because i think that those are too strong of words but there's definitely i'm conflicted yeah see um i was always a big fan okay well i mean going back to when napster came out and the ruined the whole music (laughs) industry yeah i was it was cool i mean back then it was just it was a novelty yeah And and i actually remember when napster came out the big thing was like clips like sound clips Oh, really? Um, at least for me. Or my sister used to like download these like Chris Farley SNL clips. Oh, so yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So that, those were like a big thing. Those I, were really funny. Yeah, I think I remember... Whenever I think of Napster, I think of Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And um, specifically, there's like the, the song that he did, the Star Wars song. There's the Albuquerque song. Albuquerque. And then um, I do remember, I also used to download the um, audio clips. Well, yeah, there's that. But the audio clips of um, Celebrity Jeopardy from SNL. Yeah. Those those were like a big thing. So, I mean, I enjoyed that when that, when that was going on. But as time went on, downloading just became more of a pain in the ass. Yeah. 
And then, and we were children by when we did this, so yeah. can't sue us. We were children. Well, well, that's <laughs> another interesting topic too, though. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen the documentary, but I do want to see it. It's a documentary. It's called Downloaded. I believe. Okay. It's by Alex Winter. If you don't know who Alex Winter is, he was uh, in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. He's not not Keanu Reeves. He's the other dude. The other dude created this documentary on like downloading and and basically saying that people and again i haven't seen the documentary i just i i heard i heard an interview with him talking about it yeah so this could be totally off but i think the 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 main thing was that the people who were doing it who were downloading and were getting this music for free were not doing anything illegal because it was already out there for the taking Hmm. that seemed to be the what i was getting it's kind of interesting it's a kind of an interesting point and i sort of agree with it in a lot of ways because that's kind of how I mean, there was a time where where when Napster came out, where there was like this fear that the government's gonna come knocking at my door. <laughs> now, when I look back on it, it seems so ridiculous. Like they're not gonna give a shit well, about I think, me. Didn't we also? I we had that fear about Furbies too. That there that people stuck cameras yeah. to to spy on us with Furbies. Don't get me started on Furbies because those things were the creepiest oh, those are, those failure. Were, those were absolutely the devil. You, it would just I, wake up and like, la la la, or some, yeah, some creepy shit. Well, I, I had shit. a friend who got one. He was really excited, and I remember the next day, he's like, I didn't get any sleep last night. <laughs> Furby was talking to me all night. <laughs> I was just like, you gotta get rid of that thing. I think it was gone like the next day. That, that was such a failure. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think for a while and and up and you know even through college like people would send me albums of things mm-hmm. i liked and they would tell like someone gave me this code to like where i could take albums and then you know um change them into zip files and like download entire albums oh really which is great um because i got so much music for free but there was this guilt where i was like this is not cool yeah and i think it was once spotify came around i figured okay i'm paying 10 bucks a month for this music Mm -hmm. i felt better about myself and i feel like that was a good balance like that was a way to kind of adapt to the way things were going so in that sense i think it's really positive i think what's really unfortunate is for the artists obviously we're not getting paid as much and you know it's just and also for a lot of artists too they just like the way things that were Back in the old days when they had yeah. people listen to albums, they sat around. It's hard, though, because times have changed. Definitely. So things can't always stay the same. And I don't think they were ever going to. So, And I feel like years from now, we might be saying something else. Like, yeah. we miss, who knows, like we miss TV screens or something. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But it's, it's a hard thing because you want these people, or at least I feel that a lot of these people should get paid. Definitely. Uh, more than they are. But then again, how much sympathy do you have for people who are getting paid a lot more than you? Yeah. <laughs> but they're also working very hard. Yeah. And there's also the, the small people who, that if the big guys aren't getting paid really anything, the small guys are getting paid even less. You're right. But, and you would know you would know more about that side than I would. Yeah. You know? Though the, the first, going back a little bit, the interesting thing, you were saying like Spotify is when you kind of, it kind of changed for you. Yeah. And I would say, I, I will admit that back in the day, I did the whole... Kazaa, LimeWire, all that jazz. Yep. Um, and then it for me, it pretty much almost immediately stopped when YouTube came around. Yeah. And people were, I would find music on YouTube because yeah. for the most part, and and I also kind of did it when with the, with the downloading as well, where I that at that point in time I still bought music, mm-hmm. so I would typically use it as a way to I guess test out the music. 
Yeah. So, oh, I, I, I know this one song from this band. Let me see if I like some of the other songs from them. Because that, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that was also one of the things that happened, I feel like, back in... I, I'm still silly saying back in the day, but back in the day where like some bands just kind of put out one good song and the rest of the album was shit. So people got angry when they would buy in a whole album for yeah. like 11, 13 bucks. And then it turned out only one of the songs is good. So that's what I, one of the things I really liked about uh, when I found that the music was on YouTube. So I was able mm. to check out the music. I really like that band. Let me go out and buy it. So I, at that point I still bought music, but I used mm. YouTube as a tool to kind of check it out beforehand. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Spotify and like Pandora came around and that actually kind of curbed me from buying music, unfortunately. And it, it's it's ridiculous considering I work in the music industry. I myself am a musician and a songwriter. Not that I have any recognition or any money from that but being in that industry it it does seem a little i don't know i'm betraying my kind by not buying the music and and consistently listening to it via the street even though they are quote-unquote making money from the streaming sites of pandora and spotify they're not making a lot yeah but uh, i will say and i I, we wrote down a few things i will say that there are pros and cons to it all yeah for the consumer side and i'm gonna have to break it up on the consumer and, and artist songwriter side so on the consumer side as a consumer we have access to millions of songs millions of songs it's extremely affordable i mean you do the you'd pay for it mm-hmm. i i as of right now i don't pay for it i do the free version where i every so often i'm, an, I'm annoyed by an advertisement okay well, the, whatever yeah that that was the thing for me is the advertisements mm-hmm. got in the way for me and, and i couldn't i couldn't take it anymore fair enough it was just so so jarring yeah um and yeah it would just it would just like ruin the flow for me yeah um but but i will say just real quick that it takes away because i maybe it's my own personal thing but i always have a lot of guilt um <laughs> maybe it's for being from being jewish um, so it's sort of by paying for Spotify, it kind of waived that guilt, at least for me. So yeah. when, when I hear artists complaining about Spotify, I said, okay, well, hopefully they're not complaining about me. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully I'm not the problem. All right. I, I gotta get that Jewish guilt on me <laughs> and I'm Jewish, but I guess it hasn't worked yet. Uh, um, it works on me. But the other thing I would say as a consumer, that's really great is, um, it's kind of like what we mentioned in the beginning of this and also what we mentioned in the last podcast where Spotify has the related section. Mm-hmm. Where So I'm able to find new bands. Like It's incredible the amount of new bands that I found through the related section. And that's, and that's where the internet prevails mm-hmm. in those yeah. ways. Yeah. And then continuing on the pro side, even for the artists and, and songwriters and, and bands, while they're not getting paid necessarily an extreme amount. There is that side where they do get a new exposure due to those related bands and stuff. So you may have a chance to be seen by a larger audience than you you would have in other mediums. Right. So there's that. And then kind of like what I was saying in the beginning where how YouTube came along, this is just another extension to that where Mm -hmm. it reduces the amount of illegal downloads. Okay. Unfortunately, it's reducing the amount of downloads in general that are paid for, which that's the other side where the the cons of this whole thing, and I honestly couldn't think of necessarily a negative part for as a consumer yeah i can only think of something as for an artist band or a songwriter uh one the incredibly low rates that they get as a songwriter and artist yeah there is the transference 
of the digital physical sales to a less profitable stream. Yeah. And then uh, this is just continuing. The free streaming continually perpetuates the diminishing value that society seems to have on music. Mm -hmm. For some reason, I've noticed that people just don't think they should pay for music anymore. Well, for I the think, most part, unless you're you and you Jew- and you're Jewish EDM. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I will. I don't. Yeah, you, you might be right. I don't think there really is a downside for for consumers. I think the only thing that maybe you could see as a downside is really just not owning a physical copy. Yeah. Because for me, that That's is a true. downside. Because I because I, I really see that it's it's something you will always have. Whereas digitally there's just something different about it. i can't quite explain it but I, I feel that way about movies too yeah um we're owning something physical and and vinyl especially i mean my my parents have born to run which oh, i'm yeah. sure a lot of parents have born to run <laughs> but but like that's really cool that they have that that yeah. they have that on vinyl like that's just not i mean i could go on spotify and, and download board to run and mm-hmm. have it on my phone but it's not the same thing. Definitely. You know, there's like, there's some history behind getting that album that there's probably a story yeah. when they got that album, you know, there's like certain things. And I only own a couple of albums on vinyl. Mm-hmm. You know, it was during like a, a short phase where I was like, I'm going to start doing this. And then I didn't. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that would be like the one downside and it might mm-hmm. be a very slight downside. And maybe a lot of people don't even care about that. Yeah. Like you said, maybe there's like a, a lack of appreciation mm-hmm. now for, for music in general. Yeah, well, I, that's actually funny that the because I am I would say I am in that camp when I I don't know why I didn't think of it at the time, but I am in that camp where I do like having the physical thing. There's mm-hmm. something special about it. Few things. One, it's like it comes with like those albums come with great artwork. There's yeah. like it, it feels more tangible in in more than just actually I have a physical tangible thing. It feels more tangible as in this is an actual thing. Right. Um. The the music quality is I would say is better, mm-hmm. and then. Like you're saying, there there's like a story to this. I yeah. typically find that I don't I don't like to buy new vinyl. Mm-hmm. I want to buy a piece of vinyl that somebody owned for like a few years, for 20, 30 years. Somebody they loved that piece of vinyl. They played it all the time. That's the that's the one I want to buy. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, and, and I remember when I got the the records that I have. I was up in Vermont, like, mm-hmm. and I, I can remember exactly like what the place looked like. It's yeah. There's something that like clicking a download button is not that memorable. Yeah. Um, it's just part of your everyday life. So I do think that yeah. That is like the one, the mm-hmm. one downside to the whole thing. Yeah, and um, I think maybe we should mention the just kind of given like a background on on, on the industry. Yeah. Um, and everything. So I guess first off, just quickly mentioning some of the big players in the music streaming uh, world. We got Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music has come along. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Bandcamp and SoundCloud, which I don't believe pay too much in mm. in royalties. Then there's YouTube, which basically pays nothing in royalties. Uh, you have other things like RDO, Rhapsody. You have Napster, which now actually does. You can literally actually buy it and Wait, buy things from Napster. Napster is still there. Yeah, Napster is like now a legit thing. I didn't realize yeah. that. I had no idea. There's yeah. also there's Google Play. Um, there's Slacker and Tidal. Tidal is like mm-hmm. the one that Kanye is on, but yes. it's it's it's, uh, it's like Jay Z. Yes, Jay Z kind of i guess baby is that is well the their whole thing is like their sound quality is better or something right i think that you know what i actually haven't looked too much into it they they do i do know that what from what i've heard they're claiming like better quality better rates but they're they're just saying we're the better guys whether or not that's actually true i don't know that seems exactly like something jay-z would say though yeah that like oh yeah we're we're better because like that's that whole like 
rapper ego. Yeah. Like, that makes so much <laughs> sense to me. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, our service is so much better. <laughs> yeah, but so um, I did a bit of research and and granted, just do it, throw in a, um, like a, I don't know, a legal warning. Neither Ethan and I are lawyers. We we just, we're doing the best we can when it comes to research and we're going to try to give you as much information that's correct as possible. But who knows if it, if it is. I actually, I went to the uh, Record Industry Association of America. I went to their website. I pulled up some info. Um, so from what I found, the king of the music industry up until 2011 was physical. Mm-hmm. Whether it's vinyl, at, the, at that point it's, it was CDs, obviously. CDs, yeah. But that, it, it had many reincarnations. It was vinyl, it was um, cassettes, 8-tracks, CDs. That was the king until 2011. Recently, up until 2014, digital downloads were the king. Right. So up until 2011, it was physical, then came around digital downloads. Digital downloads in 2014 consisted of 37% of the market, while streaming was only 27% of the market. And actually physical was still beating streaming at that point in 2014 wow but 2015 is when things changed Mm because streaming took over streaming went to 34.3 percent and digital downloads dropped from 37 to 34 so that was uh the big one of the big changes oh yeah no so then i just wanted to give i guess kind of an explanation of what the various uh, services kind of the differences between the services if you will okay uh, so there's a difference between interactive services and non-interactive services the interactive ones are you can think of that as on demand so okay. you you have control in what you're listening to it's a service where the listener has control over what tracks they listen to uh, and you can think of it as interactive or on demand so that's spotify rdo rhapsody okay uh, then you have the non-interactives and that's a ser- service that mimics radio okay where you don't necessarily pick the exact song but you can pick either a a specific type of music or a specific artist and it'll give you either a randomized or a pre-programmed sort of tracks mm-hmm. so that's stuff like pandora okay. uh sirius xm iHeartRadio, and then i'm gonna go into like the yeah. how they're paid out so we can kind of just flesh that out and then we mm-hmm. have the differences between the musical composition and the sound record okay so the musical composition is it's just easier to think of it the musical composition is the royalties that are given to the songwriters and the publishing companies. It's what the copyrights are dealing with those guys, songwriters and the publishing companies. Mm-hmm. The sound recording, the what is actually being played, yeah. that money is what goes to the record labels and the artists or bands. Okay. So we were mentioning the radio-like services. Mm-hmm. So that's the um, non-interactive. So the way the non-interactive is paid out, you have the broadcast radio. That's AM, FM kind of radio. That's paid out. That's a musical composition. That's mm-hmm. paid out to the songwriters and the publishers. And that's paid through the performing rights organizations. Okay. ASCAP, BMI, CSAC. Right. The U.S. is different than other countries, where in other countries, they will pay out for the song, uh, the sound recording. So mm-hmm. that means that they will pay out to the record labels and the performers for radio performances okay us doesn't do that interesting and then the other thing for the radio and radio like services yeah. is like webcast which is like pandora and sirius xm npr streaming right those okay those ones and I that Heart radio um, i Heart radio exactly okay. and that is paid out to for both musical composition and the sound recording so the musical composition again is just the songwriters and the publishers through the performing rights organizations ascap bmi and csac and then the 
the sound recording, because this is a digital format, is through Sound Exchange. And that goes, 50% of that goes to the record labels, 45% of that goes to the performers, and then 5% of that, the remaining goes to like the background singers, the the background musicians, stuff like that. Okay. I know this is a lot, but... No, so, no, no, it's good. This is good information. I'm learning something here. <laughs> so then we have the interactive streaming sites. As mentioned, that's Spotify, RDO, Rhapsody. And again, that's we have the musical composition side and then the sound recording side. Okay. So on the musical composition side, again, we have a split up between songwriters, publishers, ASCAP, BMI, and CSAC. But then an additional, after that's paid out, there's an additional 10.5%, which gets paid for mechanicals that go out to the publishers or licensing agents. Uh, a licensing agent would be um, Harry Fox Agency. Okay. And then from those either the publishing company or the licensing agency that goes to the songwriter. Then on the sound recording side, it goes to the record label, which then goes to the artist or band, or it goes to an aggregator, then goes to the artist or band, depending on what size of your company. So like if I was releasing my band stuff, we would go through an aggregator because we're nobody. But if Sony was releasing a song, they could just go straight to the streaming guys. Okay. Because they got the money. Right. And then just a quick definition. So there's performance royalties, and that's royalties paid out to songwriters and publishers, the copyright owners, Mm -hmm. for the public performance of their music. And that would be in... on the radio, restaurants and bars, music venues, and services like Spotify and Pandora, the performance of it. Mm-hmm. There's the mechanical royalties, which is related to the sales of music. Mm-hmm. So that's stuff on CD, vinyl, cassettes, but also includes what I mentioned before, the streaming mechanicals, which is for on-demand. And those are actually set by the government. So there's a, a stat- there's a compulsory license. It's either 9.1 cents per song or 1. 1.75 cents per per minute on songs more than five minutes. Wow. And then lastly, we have the recording copyrights, and that's of the mastering. And that's almost always owned just by the recording label. So that's probably the the section that everybody's going to skip over in this podcast because that was just definitions and boring No, but but it it is important, though. If anything... What that shows is how complicated. And that that was, I tried as best as I could to simplify this. Like that, that was me simplifying all this. That's that's one of the issues that, of how complicated the music industry, unfortunately, is. Well, that that's something people don't focus on or they don't yeah. pay attention to. Um, they just see, like, why isn't Taylor Swift on Spotify? I don't get it. Well, there's probably a lot of reasons. Yeah. You know, there's probably a lot of complicated reasons. Mm-hmm. Or why it takes, like, a certain amount of time, like Radiohead's new album just dropped, and all of a sudden um, their album in Rainbows wasn't on Spotify for the longest time. Now it's on Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's all these legal, yeah. these legal-type battles. Um, and where, the, where most artists, you know, aren't particularly happy. You know, what just popped into my mind was... I don't know if you were a MySpace guy when that was a thing. I, I had MySpace back in the day. But what's interesting about MySpace, I'll just touch on it real quick, is that a lot of bands actually put their, their names out there through MySpace. Like That was like a big thing for yeah. a while. And it was even when people stopped using it, and it became for a while, and I don't even know if it still exists. I don't think it does anymore. I'm not, I honestly couldn't tell you. But I know it just ex- existed for a while purely as people using it to discover bands and using yeah. that. That, th- that was a really big I think they tried to bring thing. it back with... Uh, Justin Timberlake, they somehow got him involved. I think they tried to bring it back and like make it like a like a legit like music kind of exploration site. And oh, really? don't quote me on that. I might be completely wrong with who the actual artist was. Yeah. But I, for some reason, I'm, my mind's bringing forth Justin Timberlake. 
Yeah, you know what's really interesting? You mentioned Justin Timberlake, and it just it makes me think of like the the top forty type. I don't, I haven't, I I've avoided that. Like I've yeah. avoided listening to top forty. I guess I don't go to places where they play top forty music. I like, I've really, I've done a really good job of sheltering myself from it. Excellent. And, which is good. <laughs> yeah. But in a way, it's like weird. I'm like, am I not really? I'm not current. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know what's going on, and it's weird because I work for a music channel, but at the same time, I just I do everything in my power to avoid it no i, I know what you mean I, it's I mean, I, really I, interesting same thing i mean i work for a music company and i just besides having to sometimes look at people's royalties and stuff like that i don't want anything to do with some of these these top guys like i like top 40 is not interesting it's the same stuff over yeah. and over and over again well i always find i get myself into places too where i'm listening to a lot of the same music and i get bored yeah. and then i'm like i gotta find something new and i don't know where to turn to but that's where things like Spotify, Discover Weekly come into play. Mm-hmm. But I think we should talk about, I mean, I th- like what the future has. Like, what do you think is going to happen in the future? I oh, think God. I think that one, I, I think right now that touring has become really big for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like musicians, touring is not so much like, I think it's more of a necessity now rather yeah. than just an option because I feel like there were artists, and I, I don't know this for a fact because I wasn't around, but I know, like, I would ask my dad about certain bands. He's like, oh, I love that band. Never saw them because they weren't really a touring band. Yeah. And I feel like that's not a thing anymore. I feel like everyone tours. Everyone mm-hmm. plays shows. I feel yeah. like you have to. Well, I, th- I think... You can't just be someone. Even DJs, they bring yeah. out their laptops and they go somewhere <laughs> and they play it. Like, you yeah. have to. Well, I think... Uh, the way like the, the at least the industry I believe the way that it worked back in the back in the and this is way back in the day before we were alive they used the tour as a way to kind of sell their yeah their new album and I guess at a certain point that kind of just went away a little bit and now I think just out of necessity like you're saying because there isn't money in the, the sales are going away streaming has taken over it's less profitable mm-hmm. due to the rates they need to find a new uh, way to get to get those that money so they they're moving to touring which i mean i kind of like i yeah. like seeing bands live i like it too but I also th- people should get paid for their music yeah it, it's it's very strange i feel like the standard is so different now mm-hmm. um especially for bands that aren't as big um you know they have to tour and that's really how they make their living and even, they're not even going to be the biggest their album yeah. may not be the best-selling album but like that's okay whereas like back in the day like if like I don't know, a big band, like, even, like, when the Beach Boys came out with Pet Sounds, it wasn't, like, a the biggest seller, I don't think. Like, they considered that a failure. Really? Like they, yeah, because they, <laughs> they were, like, depressed. I mean, at least judging, uh, listen, I saw the, the movie. Yeah. Um. So I don't know the, oh, God, what was it called? Love and Mercy. Okay. Where the early hits and stuff, like, those albums were, like, top of the charts, great, like, Bieber status. Oh, God. Like, like gone. Yeah. And then pet sounds are like, what? Is, this is like different. So mm-hmm. it didn't do, it didn't like do as well. It probably did like okay, but but even then, like it was considered that's mm-hmm. like not good. Yeah. You know, you have to come back from that. So it's it's just really interesting how I guess the standard maybe has changed, mm-hmm. and also just how long like it's really for most bands. There's really a short window, especially if you want to be like if you want mainstream popularity. I feel like there's a really short window. 
because there are certain even I think it's probably even tougher for rock bands mm-hmm. because rock bands really don't have it for that long because it's not the prominent form yeah. where it's like pop music like it may take a while but one day like Taylor Swift will be like a has been like she'll be like hold <laughs> like she might still have albums and they'll be like oh yeah Taylor Swift has an album but like so and so also has an album and she's like younger yeah, yeah. and yeah that that's just like how it works yeah it's just it's just really interesting to me how that that kind of works, um, mm-hmm. at least at least in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, I mean, probably in a lot of places too, but I, I can't I can't really speak to it. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, along with the I guess the artists trying to supplement the money that they're not getting from from the streaming sites, they're doing the touring. I know that there's a lot of like the NMPA, National Music Publishing Association, I believe mm-hmm. that's what it stands for, uh, along with uh, the performing rights organizations, ASCAP and BMI. I know that they're constantly going to seek legal action, trying to convince the government to change up some of the rules mm-hmm. that allows them to negotiate better, which would allow them to increase the rates that are currently being paid out with yeah. Pandora and Spotify and those guys. Um, but I also, during my research, I found, I actually found some, an interesting, I guess, take on the whole issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it was from this article from, I guess, the, the publication is Quartz. Okay. It's this guy, Alan uh, Bargfred, and uh, I probably just butchered his name, but he's a professor at Berkeley College of Music. Okay. And w- he feels that the issue is the clunky back end of the music industry. Yeah. Not necessarily majorly the issues with the rates of like the streaming sites, Pandora and Spotify. Mm-hmm. And I think he might have, have an issue. What he was saying is if you look at all the money that comes into Spotify a month, about 30% Spotify keeps to run their business. Yeah. And 60% is paid to the owner of the sound recording or the record label. Mm-hmm. And then the remaining 10% goes to those who make the music, often split in complicated ways uh, between performing artists, multiple songwriters, and other musicians, since separate copyrights exist for songs, compositions, and recordings. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think he does have a point with that it is some of the industry is a little bit backwards. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of extra work on the back end. I know that, like, back in the day, record labels, they had an extra, they would take like maybe 10% off of whatever the artist would earn yeah because there was a liability with shipping the vinyl right certain amount of the vinyl would break on the way to the stores okay so they would take out a, a little bit of percentage of that so that they could because obviously they're not going to be able to to sell all those because some of them are going to break well then cds came out and they still had that stipulation in. yeah because even though cds rare i don't i can't imagine that cds would have broken on the way on the shipping way but maybe some so they they still had that and then digital stuff came out they didn't have like an excuse necessarily to say that it would break but they no. kept it in there as like a service charge huh. so like i could i definitely understand what they're saying where like there's still is a lot of that back end I would say BS yeah but at the end of the day I still feel like I mean granted this is we're going off of he said she said kind of stuff some of the songwriters and artists are getting millions of plays and they're making nothing off of it especially the it's bad for artists it's even worse for songwriters mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you want I can read off of some of the quotes that I found from some of the songwriters and yeah. maybe get your get your thoughts so we got Aloe Black. Okay. We, we all know him. This is from a Wired article. Okay. What he says is, consider the fact that it takes roughly 1 million spins on Pandora for a songwriter to earn, 
songwriter to earn just $90. Avicii's release, Wake Me Up, that I co-wrote and sing, for example, was the most streamed song in Spotify history and 13th most played song on Pandora since its release in 2013, with more than 168 million streams in the US. And yet, that yielded only $12,359 in Pandora domestic royalties, which were then split among three songwriters and our publishers. In return, for co-writing a major hit song, I earned less than $4,000 domestically from the largest digital music service. Huh, interesting. That, I mean, that is something that needs to change. Yeah. Um, there's no way about because you just, you think about that and like, Think about the difference between a musician and an athlete, let's say. Okay. You know, a major athlete is going to earn way more. Yeah. And it's interesting because you hear these songs all the time. And and they're also providing the same amount of entertainment. I don't... I feel like it needs to... That eventually there needs to be some kind of agreement. Mm -hmm. Or there there might be... I mean, it might cause a big problem. It's already causing a big problem. But I feel like it will get worse. So, you know, I'm curious to see what the future has in store but let's let's see you had some other quotes yeah um so i also had just a few tweets uh from larue who did uh bulletproof yeah she wrote at spotify thanks for the 100 pounds for this quarter gone one more month and i might be able to afford your premium service lucky me wow wow very very (laughs) snarky and then even bet midler she also tweeted uh at spotify and at pandora have made it impossible for songwriters to earn a living Three months streaming on Pandora, 4,175,149 plays equals $114.11. Okay. Yeah. So, so clearly people are not happy. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering what the solution is, if there is a solution at all. Now, do you have any idea? The only, I guess, I mean, I feel like it's got to be a combination of a few things. I think what that Professor Allen what was his last name? Something with a G, right? Berg something? Or oh wow, I was totally off. Something. Oh, Alex Allen Bargfred. Barg Bargfred. 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 Fred. Allen. Allen. What I feel, I think he he does have a point in that. There's a lot of the the back end stuff is a little ridiculous. I think mm-hmm. that needs to be cleaned up a bit. I think that so there's a consent decree, and that's what's blocking the guys like. ASCAP and BMI from negotiating with Pandora and Spotify, they're kind of stuck in whatever the government kind of sets. Okay. So they want to be able to negotiate more. So I think having the ability to negotiate, especially for the, the, these small guys, Mm-hmm. And the, pro- the one of the biggest issues with their inability to negotiate, the big publishing companies are saying, "Oh, we can do a better job at negotiating," because they don't they they're not bound by this consent decree. Yeah, they're not bound by, it, so they're saying, "Well, we we're just going to take all our songs and we're going to do the negotiating ourselves," mm-hmm. which that ends up hurting a lot of the smaller guys who don't have the power to negotiate. So I think what one thing needs to happen is they they need to expand the rights of songwriters to be able to negotiate the the rates i think the rates need to go up i think there needs to be a little more leeway on the side of the record labels to get rid of a lot of that wacky back-end stuff and i think at the end of the day it would end up benefiting them because there would be more there would be more people in the market to get get them money because a lot of the small guys can't get out there a lot of the small guys aren't making enough where they can be heard yeah so perhaps allowing them to be able to make a living will allow them to be able to create more 
and then who knows the record labels can find these people because they're if 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 i want to be a songwriter for instance but i can't make a living off of that songwriting so i have to take the majority of my time and work at another job yeah you're not going to hear my music yeah yeah it's, it's a big problem you know, I, I've heard people talk, you know, in the other way, just just raise the price of a, of like a Spotify or a Pandora. But I feel like that is, that doesn't work, right? Because I feel like you, first of all, someone like you raise the price. Me, for example, you raise the price by five bucks. That'll be enough for me to say like, peace out. I'm yeah. going to YouTube. Like easy, done. So, and that doesn't solve the problem on the back yeah. end. I feel like people think that it's it's just a one, mm-hmm. it's one thing where you just it's just money. Yeah. But there's so many moving parts. That go along with it. Yeah. Well, I think one of the probably the better things to do would be to try to to try to get it into the, the society's conscience that music has a value. Yeah. Because I think that's the problem right now. Majority of people don't feel that music has a value. Mainly, I would say due to like the beginnings of like the digital era with well, Napster it, and like I mentioned before, you would have people somebody re- releasing an album with only one good song, and you have to pay thirteen dollars for ten other crap songs when well, you only wanted one well it is well we've become so spoiled that yeah. it's so easy to get where if you can't find something or something come up you're you're livid because it's like <laughs> but like everything should be at my fingertips at all times right. so i feel like with that we because we've become so spoiled that that also creates a, a major problem yeah so um i you know i don't know what's gonna happen i i think I think people, I mean, they probably don't value music in the same way. A lot of things have changed. Yeah. But you know, it things might turn around. You know, you you know that you never know. Um, I think as a consumer, someone like myself, it's not. There's a lot of advantages. Yeah. And there's a lot of things. I do wish the artists would get paid more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's all part of adapting. I think we all adapt, and I think times change and and hopefully people will you know once people become more aware of how others are being screwed over things like this and i think people have done their research and i think people are more aware maybe not entirely but they're aware of what's going on behind the scenes yeah at least a little bit you know things could potentially change Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll have to see two interesting points on that the first one i'm going to jump back to something you mentioned in the beginning relating to radiohead because i found an interesting article from the guardian uh from tom york yeah Mm -hmm. yeah from radiohead who had lots of things to say about the streaming oh he's he's not a fan no which which is really interesting now that that radiohead is now that all their albums are on spotify because i don't quite get i don't understand that because you would think that they would they would stay away from it completely. Yeah. So I wanted to mention that the, some of the quotes that he said, and then a I guess a counter argument to some something sort of like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. So he was saying, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read off a bunch of quotes. So this is all from him. Mm-hmm. To me, this isn't the mainstream. This is like the last fart, the last desperate fart of a dying corpse. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said, I feel like as a musician, we need to fight the Spotify thing. I feel that in some ways, what's happening in the mainstream is the last gasp of the old industry. Once that does finally die, which it will, something else will happen. When we did the In Rainbows thing, what was most exciting was the idea that you could have a direct connection between you as a musician and your audience. You cut all of that out. It's just that and that. And then all these... All these fuckers get in the way, like Spotify suddenly trying to become the gatekeepers of the whole process. 
We don't need you to do it. No artist needs you to do it. We can build our, the shit ourselves, so fuck off. But because they're using old music, because they're using the majors, the majors are all over it because they see a way of reselling all their old stuff for free, uh, make a fortune, and not die. Okay. So he's got a lot to say. So about he's it. really positive. Is yes. What we're saying. Absolutely. He's just <laughs> a, a bunch well, of bright smiles. Well, what's interesting within Rainbows, you know that whole that whole thing with that album. They it was a pay as you go thing. They were mm -hmm. the first ones to do that. So you yeah. could pay a dollar or you could pay a thousand dollars. Like it was you pay what you want yeah. for the album. I mean, album. they kind of, they they were like they revolutionized it. I mean, that's basically kind of you. That's an option that you would have on like Bandcamp if yeah. you wanted. Some people on Bandcamp they put a specific amount, and other people they just say give us what you want. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I, that's like a whole nother realm. Um, but what? Yeah. What was the next? Oh yeah. So then, d kind of defending this whole streaming thing. I feel like it's just it it just it, I don't I don't even have the words for it. I'll just explain. I'll just say who it is that's defending it. Mm -hmm. Bono of U two, of course Bono. So that's he's because we were, we all endured that horrific U two album yeah. that was on uh, iTunes, which was my wake up alarm by the way. Oh, for a long, one of the songs it was like this horrible song. Why would you do that to yourself? Well, it's because it because you want to shut it off like immediately. That's the whole point. <laughs> that's that's why. Because if I put on a song I like, I'm gonna want to listen to it yeah. and not shut it off. Excellent. Like so, I want to get up and shut it off. It's it's actually a great strategy. Fair but, enough. So I, I found this this article in Reuter uh, Reuter.com art Reuters. Oh, yeah. He says I see streaming service as quite exciting ways to get to people. In the end, that's what we want for U2 songs. The real enemy is not between digital downloads or streaming. The real enemy, the real fight, is between opacity and transparency. The music business has historically involved itself in quite considerable deceit. Which I will somewhat I, agree with. I, him. I actually Bono brings up an, like a good point. I will agree yeah. with him. There is the unfortunate, and that kind of goes back to what Alan was saying, where there's just so much stuff behind the scenes that all these songwriters, these uh, artists, are getting kind of screwed over. Yeah. So I feel like, and I also kind of agree where I'm saying like the idea of streaming is great. I think, yeah. I think that because of the way that the system is currently run with the rates being what they are and with all the back end things, it, it ends up with a very poor result for many and a great result for very few. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's very true. Yeah. I'm actually impressed with uh with bono there <laughs> good know? job bono yeah i gotta i gotta hand it to him as much <laughs> as that i was so annoyed that he, that album was placed on, on yeah against, that was a little annoying i mean yeah it's, it's such a weird thing to have <laughs> that that's a whole nother discussion but um yeah i mean it's it's so complicated it's mm -hmm. such a complex issue but i mean it's constantly evolving is really yeah. what it is i mean spotify wasn't what it was you know it came about a few years yeah. ago um so i mean you i guess you asked me i'm curious what you're thinking what would what do you think the future of music is going to be like do you think it's going to continue with streaming is there going to be another type of service what what's the end result of if you well will? i do think that that spotify will will reign for quite some time but i do i think it's it's going to be one of those things where a few years from now cassette tapes will come back oh my god i i think that's kind of what's going to happen there well that that'll become like another fad uh, <laughs> 
But you know, for the a hipsters wh- going to take that over. Yeah, but for a while, I thought that that like you know they would increase streaming prices, which they very well may. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know if that's going to change anything. Yeah, you know, if anything, more people. The the one thing I could see happening is just more people turning to YouTube. Just using YouTube, mm-hmm. I think, is just they've nailed it. I yeah. mean, if you really I mean, unfortunately, to... they've nailed it for consumer wise, not necessarily. I know, the but I, wise. but unfortunately, I I don't know. I don't know enough about the that the other end of things. You yeah. would know more than that. So I don't know what can yeah. happen on that side. I think that's just another like details that are going to yeah. have to be ironed out. Funny enough, YouTube is probably the worst when it comes to uh, oh, well, paying I'm, the songwriters. I'm the, sure. And, and I think the artists. I think we'll just see more touring. You know, yeah. um, and hopefully, and this is a whole nother discussion, but hopefully we'll get rid of things like StubHub and hmm. all these resellers that drive me nuts yeah i i hate it i hate it so much Ticketmaster is the worst <laughs> um i i well, just really... go back to the old school where you like you look at you go to that specific venue i love what louis ck has done oh with sure his, how he just sells it flat price through his website only it's perfect um because uh, and going back to radiohead i tried to get radiohead tickets yeah but those tickets never existed they were I logged on, they were going on sale at 10 a.m. I logged on five minutes later, there were no tickets available. Ugh. Because people just bought them in bulk. They're going, yeah. you look on StubHub, they're going for like, you can get like the cheapest seats for like two, three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. It's outrageous. Yeah. So, you know, um, but yeah, again, that's a whole nother discussion. So but um, Basically, fix your shit music industry. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that's going to have to go on. And I feel like... <laughs> Um, we're seeing it more and more where artists are taking a stand and that's good. It's, it's yeah. good for them to do that because it really puts, if, if nothing else, it puts that message out there. Um, yeah. and people start to pay attention. Yeah. I think... And it, especially people that, that are respected. Um, you know, I, a lot of people respect like Taylor Swift, for example, like yeah, she it actually, all their things from it actually, Spotify. you know, in a way, even though it annoys people, it's, it's a really, it's a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. So well, uh, she did say something about that um, relating to it was an op-ed with Time. Yeah, I just pulled up everything. Yeah, much. no, you, you, you did a lot. <laughs> so she was saying, well, they can listen to my music if they get it on iTunes. I'm always up for trying something and I tried it and I didn't like the way it felt. I think there should be an inherent value placed on art. I didn't see that happening perception wise when I put my music on Spotify. Everybody's complaining about how music sales are shrinking, but nobody's changing the way they're doing things. They keep running towards streaming, which is, for the most part, what has been shrinking the numbers of paid album sales. Which I I agree. I I, I think streaming has had positive and negative outcomes. The biggest negative, I think, has been reducing the amount of digital purchase downloads, Mm -hmm. which really hurts both the songwriters and the the artists. Well, we're going to have to conjure up some way to bring it back to the old days. Yeah. That's that's our next plan. But yeah. uh but yeah, I mean, I think I think that's pretty much where it stands and uh and hopefully it'll go up from here. You know, yeah. we'll see. I think but I think the one positive thing to get out of this is that artists are taking a stand. Yeah. And that the message is getting out there more and people are becoming more aware. Definitely. So yeah, the um, more the more songwriters, the more artists that are speaking up and saying something about it. Um, and the more that we try to, I would say, support our favorite bands, the favorite artists. I sure. think that's that will only help benefit things. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll cost us an extra dollar more. But yeah. The, 
that'll keep our favorite artists continuing writing music. Right, and, and don't and don't feel guilty either about streaming them on Spotify. Yeah. Because uh, guilt is not fun. Yeah, and I don't pay for it. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think are you feeling good? I'm Kurt? feeling fantastic. All right. Great. Well. Um. Yeah. I guess that's it for today. Thank yeah. you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. You stay classy. <laughs>